Hello and welcome in to another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined by Tyler Palmatier. We're back to talk spring sports across the Nashville area. Tyler, I was at a uh, baseball game on Sunday just for fun, and then I covered another one on Tuesday. And uh, you know, spring and 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 summer's right around the corner when you start busting out the sunscreen, and that's that's where I'm at now. Where did <laughs> so you go it, Sunday? It's been nice to have some some seasonably warm. I was at the Vanderbilt baseball game, and it was oh, okay. Sun was beating down, even though it was only about seventy. So I, I knew I needed to come prepared with some uh, some protection there. But no, that, that uh, was a beautiful nice day. So finally, have some warmer temperatures, and uh, yeah. So we are going to talk about some of these sports that are happening out there and uh, in this great weather. Um, our featured guest today in just a moment is going to be Brentwood boys soccer coach Mike Purcell. And then we're going to close the show with some spring sports uh, shout outs and updates from around the area. But before we get to all that, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and bring in longtime Brentwood boys soccer coach Mike Purcell. Now his team is off to a great start this season. He's going to join us by phone. Mike, thanks for being here today. Uh, it's a pleasure, gentlemen. So, Mike, you couldn't have asked for a, a better start yeah. to the year. You guys are 8-0. I believe you've outscored your opponents 37-6. to You've got wins over defending state champions from Alabama, Oklahoma, South Carolina. Uh, the, list, the list goes on. How has your team been able to begin this year so well, um, especially after the way you guys ended it last year with a state championship? Uh, normally after a state championship year, you might think a team would be down, and we did lose seven seniors, uh, but we, we got a really good uh, incoming group this year, some really talented freshmen, a couple of kids that came in as sophomores and juniors. So we, you know, we knew early in, in preseason that we had the potential to to be pretty good, and uh, starting the season off in Gatlinburg at that tournament is that's <clears throat> the second year in a row we've done it, and it, it's been a really good test from the get go because you're put in a situation playing teams like the Alabama team we played had already played ten games when we played them, and that was our first game of the season. So uh, our goal was to go up there and do well, and we did, and that kind of kickstarts the the mental aspect of it. And we've continued to play pretty well. Yeah, Mike, and this is year number 21 as a soccer coach for you. Uh, you have just turned 72, I believe. Is that right? <laughs> I have. And yes, it is here at Brentwood. So right. I've been doing it a little longer than that, but that's the, the story here at Brentwood. Correct. <clears throat> what what keeps you coming back? Um. The fear of not having anything to do if I don't come back. Uh, I'm not really. Uh, I think if I retired, I would have to get a job. So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna continue to work, and I enjoy it. And you know, I still teach half a day, and then get to coach in the afternoon. So it's it's a pretty cool gig. I mean, and uh, my enthusiasm for the game hasn't died out any. And I, I like working with kids, and uh, we've got really great assistant coaches to work with. That both of them used to play here, so. It, it's just a good environment and one that's wholesome and positive. And I re can retire later. I'm not really interested in that. Yeah, the golf courses aren't going anywhere, are they, Mike? They'll still no, be there. Whenever, park, whenever you want to take some time anymore. off. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't. I don't know what I would do. But so I'm here. That's what I'm doing. That's my retirement. <clears throat> it's a good gig. So. 
Yeah, no, you got you, you're in a good spot there. And I, I, I'm not sure how much you guys really. I'm sure you don't put a ton of stock into this, but in the latest United Soccer Coaches Top 25 National Rankings, Brentwood came in at number five. Um, you know, just just with how things are going so far, and and kind of given where this team is at, um, how high are the expectations this year, and how are the you know your players sort of embracing those expectations? Well, it's kind of weird. I mean, those rankings are, are kind of hard to figure out. And I think Max Preps has another one where we were ranked number two. But um, they're kind of cool to look at. And, and we have found over the years, if you're going to be ranked in those polls, you, you need to play out-of-state teams. And, uh, you know, we try to get our first seven games, four of them were out-of-state teams. So it's a good exposure for the program. And uh, some years it's not so good when you lose. But the last couple of years, we've been fortunate enough to beat some teams from other states. Uh, as far as the, the ranking themselves, I, you know, uh, like I said, they're kind of subjective. I don't know if, if there's anybody that they could rank the high school teams in the country. I mean, our goal is to do as good as we did last year. And the, the definitive ranking in Tennessee is whether or not you win the state championship. And all that other stuff is kind of fun to deal with, but it's also kind of a pain uh, because, you know, every game is kind of a uh, – people give us really good games, and, and we appreciate that. But it, it can be uh, burdensome sometimes. You can't let up. And, Mike, I remember you last year – you were singing Jack Boring's presence uh, or, or his praises, yep. I should say, after he finished with nine goals and ten assists uh, as a midfielder uh, at a sophomore. And I'm just curious, what do you think he's built on uh, on that this year? Well, he's got five goals, three assists for the first seven games or eight games, but he's a, a type of midfielder that can uh, make you or break you. And when he's on, and he is on 99% of the time, he can dominate a game. Uh, this year, however, we have a couple other midfielders that are complimenting him to where it, it's not all on him. And uh, he plays looser, and uh, he's just a, a very, very smart player, a very strong player, uh, has a wicked shot, and uh, very, very driven. So he's definitely grown since his sophomore years, and I'm, I'm sure that will continue on into his senior year. But uh, extremely important part of the team. And a player you've got back for his senior year is Thomas Fields, their goalkeeper, after posting 11 shutouts last season. How much confidence does that give the rest of the team, Mike, knowing that you've, you've got a stone wall back there in net? Uh, Thomas uh, is in our defense also, in particular, the back four. Um, it, it, it's hard to imagine them. I mean, we do get scored on, and, and you know, that's going to happen. It, uh, shutouts are nice, but it's not realistic for everybody all the time. Uh, to think of us giving up more than one goal a game in his mind would be uh, he, he just doesn't think that way. And his, you know, he wants to get a shutout. Defense wants to shut out. It's a team shutout when we get those. But there's a, such a high level of confidence back there, even when we give up a goal, um, that we know we're going to get it back. And I think against Daphne, we gave up a goal in the first three or four minutes. And then, you know, got five after that. So there wasn't any, you know, it's just one of those things. You give up one, we'll get it back. And since they don't give up any, we don't have to give many back. But uh, very confident, very confident keeper, very confident defense. 
Another guy, Mike, uh, senior forward Cooper Bailey, always nice to have one of those seniors that just aggressive offensively. And you certainly had that that last year and a couple guys that moved on. But uh, Cooper, he yeah. got six goals last year, and he already had seven through your first four games. What's he doing differently? Well, tonight, I mean, today he's got 11 goals, five assists, which exceeds last year. He's just a beast. He's a big kid. He's fast. He's aggressive. And uh, he's not uh, – I think he was a little bit overshadowed by a couple of other guys last year who got the spotlight, like Aiden Parker. Uh, but he's, he's been our main threat up top, uh, makes really good runs, has a great shot, uh, and it's super, super good attitude. And uh, he's having a really fun year. I mean, he's having, he wants to have a good time, and he's loose. And uh, he's certainly made a difference with the offense. Um, but then again, he's got a lot of good support this year. We're just, we're just pretty deep, and uh, there's no pressure on him and, uh, because if he doesn't get somebody else will. You alluded to this a few moments ago, but when you've got a good team, of course, everybody that you play is, is trying to knock you off. And in soccer, there's there's a wide variety of tactics teams can use to sort of try to control the pace and control the game. I'm curious whether it's been yeah. this year or one of these years in the past when you guys had a really good team, what are some of the strangest strategies teams have used against you guys to try to slow you down? Uh, one of them is they park the bus and they just put everybody in the box. Or, you know, they'll put <clears throat> 10 guys – back basically and just uh frustrate us uh try to frustrate us and it is frustrating and uh pack the box pack their third of the field and then play for whatever they can get on a long ball or a break or a mistake uh we've had several of those this year and the, the key there is the patience to uh know that you're not gonna get as many good chances you're gonna get plenty of chances but they're not gonna be quite as open as other chances uh, and you got to work the ball around and possess, and we try to do that anyway. Uh, other tactics, uh, you know, it's you know, physical games are pretty common, uh, but that, that's normal. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, it mainly if we're if we're on, it, it's hard to stop us. But if we get frustrated or another team parks a bus like that, it can be take a while to, to get into the game to the point where uh, we're going to make that breakthrough. Uh, and occasionally, you know, like the Daphne team scored early on us, and, and that, that happens, but we have good bounce backs. We have pretty good patience right now, and I think we'll need to do better on that as, as we get deeper into the season, and particularly if we make it into the postseason. We want to be prepared for whatever they're going to throw at us. Mike, got one more question for you, and then we're going to let you go. It's yeah. been a pleasure having you, but uh, I'm going to kind of call an, call an audible on my last question. You told me last year that you get a tattoo for every state championship you win, and you're right. at, you're at uh, I believe, five, and you don't look like you're slowing down anytime soon. You know, if you keep yeah. winning, you're, you're going to look like a, you know, a motorcycle gang uh. member or something, but um, – what what tattoo did you get last year after that state title? Last last year I got the number forty one, which was one of those uh, weird ones. At the beginning of the season, one of the guys had noticed some poll had ranked as forty one in the state, and it kind of aggravated. Me. So that was their kind of rallying thing for the year. They put number forty one on everything, and so that was going to be the tattoo if we won state. And so I have a forty one on my arm, which looks kind of ridiculous, 
and it makes no sense to anybody. And, uh, yeah, so I've got some – I have no idea if we get that far this year. You know, I'll let them choose it as long as it's not something like a battleship. I'll, I'll be okay with it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let's hope for your sake that it's nothing too uh, eccentric there that's going right. to yeah, yeah. ring up a, a – a big bill at the tattoo parlor, but Mike, we appreciate your time. Uh, congrats on a good start to the season. We're looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out down the stretch here. Good deal. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Mike. That has been longtime Brentwood boys soccer coach, Mike Purcell. Good conversation there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with some spring sports talk. So stick around. drinks i'm good i thought it was good after every game we always have a few it's no big deal it was no big deal hey i can hold my liquor i thought i could hold my liquor it's just a few cocktails at happy hour it's just a few cocktails at happy hour. <laughs> you really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm just going to hang on, okay? Love your hands, So at the top of the show, I mentioned that I got to see Vanderbilt baseball play on Sunday. They swept uh, Georgia. Great start to SEC play for them. Nine and zero have not lost yet. But one day later, Tyler, you got to see a potential future Vanderbilt player pitch at Hawkins Field. Uh, Ethan McIlvain over at Nolansville. What'd you glean from that performance? And I know you got to catch up with him afterwards and kind of um, kind of pick his brain about where he's at and, and everything. With of course the MLB draft potentially looming for him later this summer. Yeah, that was my first time seeing him. It was definitely impressive. I mean, he has he he has a fastball that is just at this level really difficult to hit. Um, what did he go? Six innings in the run rule win, uh, two hits, eleven strikeouts, one walk. I know that uh, his coach Zach Hudson said the one walk was really big because he's really kind of a swing and miss type pitcher. Uh, he has a good breaking ball too, uh, which is which is good and. Um, of course, his brother threw at Vandy, so he's he very familiar with that stadium. And we didn't touch too much on that MLB decision. You know, normally you ask any guy in college or high school what, what they're thinking about the next step in the middle of their year, and there's not a whole lot to really discuss. Everybody's kind of waiting. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot to, for them to really think about, I guess, in, until after the year, but certainly just super impressed with him and – and what he's able to do. And, you know, he's just, he's, it seems like a really mature kid. And Hudson said, he's really dealing with the the outside noise, I guess we would call it the, um, the decision part really well. And Nolansville has got a good baseball team too. I, I thought they played really hard and obviously 11 runs, they can swing the bat a little bit. Um, you know, Russell, did you ever see, did you ever see his, you know, I haven't been around forever. Did you ever see his brother? How much to see his brother? And, I assume you've seen Ethan before, am I right? Yes, uh, yes to both. Um, 
of course, his brother, Chris McIlvain got drafted by the Reds last year. Uh, saw him pitch quite a bit, just kind of watching Vanderbilt games and all that. And he uh, started his career as more of a reliever, but then worked his way into being one of their their key guys, key starters. Um, and yeah, so here's kind of, without having any kind of insider knowledge, here's here's just what I'll just lay out some of the some of the facts here. So Ethan, as we know, uh, as far as all the the stats we've got online, he's the hardest thrower around here um, consistently. Like that fastball you're talking about was clocked at 95 miles an hour by perfect game at one of their showcases last year. Uh, those are usually pretty good numbers to rely on. Cause sometimes, you know, the radar guns run hot, uh, especially if you're talking about um, maybe, maybe not like a verified official or, or somebody like if it's just a dad with a radar gun, you know, uh, some of right. those deeper ones may not be super accurate, but anyways, he's, he's been clocked at 95. He's a left-hander. He's six, four. Uh, perfect game has him as a 10 out of 10 on their player rating system. And just for context, like if you're a 10, that, that is given to players that are expected to be elite college guys, uh, and or potential very high draft picks. So he grades out well across, across the spectrum, uh, the left-handed aspect of it, um, it, it works in his favor even more just because there's less left-handed pitchers. They're at a premium really at all levels, especially in the pros. So that'll Big time in his favor. He's currently not listed in MLB.com's top 100 draft prospects for this upcoming draft. That's not necessarily a bad thing um, because those were basically preseason rankings. So things change quite a bit over the spring and summer. But just just to kind of put that in perspective, Vanderbilt does have some commitments on that list, uh, including Max Clark, uh, who's been committed for a while. He's number six. So somebody like Max Clark, pretty unlikely to make it to Vanderbilt. Um Versus Ethan McIlvain, it, it seems like just looking at some of these preliminary rankings, the fact that his brother went there and had such a, you know, a, a good experience there, and he uh, upped his draft stock and everything in three seasons, and the opportunity to potentially play at the College World Series, the opportunity to play close to home, just reading into all that, um, it seems like Vanderbilt is probably where he'll end up. But like I said, a lot can change, draft stuff. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a team will throw out a signing bonus number that's just too good to pass up. But um, all that said, I, I'm thinking, I'm leaning towards saying that that probably wasn't his last start at Vanderbilt. He'll probably he'll probably get there, but um, he certainly has the caliber and, and the pedigree to to be a high draft pick, just based on what what we know right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if, I guess if you're a Vanderbilt fan, I think there's probably more uh, good signs than there are not there. Uh, Another game I saw, yes, I added back-to-back baseball games this week so far. Uh, I'm going to write about it a little later today, so I'm not going to give away all the details. But uh, went out to watch CPA at Innsworth and ended up being a great game. Um, CPA came out on top, and I guess all I can say is uh, London Humphreys, who is a, a Vanderbilt football commitment, uh, can do a lot more than just football. He's he's chasing state records in track. He, had, he jumped uh, – I don't remember the distance, but a day before the game, uh, you know, I think t- took first place in the long jump and then comes back and I'll just, I'll just say this. He saved the game with a, a huge hit uh, in, in the eighth inning and uh, was able to come out on the mound and, and finish things out. So I just am always, it's just really impressive what Humphreys does as an athlete. Um, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say he's one of the best athletes in the state pound for pound. When you just look at the things he does, I may not, you know, I'm not saying it's not like a, a guy that's projected to go necessarily pro or anything, but like what he's doing right now is super impressive. And uh, CPA has got a good baseball team again. 
Yeah, his his ascension was really something to watch, especially because he really only played the two years of football at CPA. And I remember the first time I sort of heard about him, um, I guess it was during the 2021 football season. I was out there for one of CPA's games. I I, I remember asking Cade Law, you know, their quarterback, of course, who now who's now a, a catcher at Vanderbilt on the baseball team. Uh, just said right, you know, right off the jump, hey, I think London's going to be an SEC receiver. And at the time, of course, he didn't have any offers. He was just kind of starting to to make some noise on the football football field. And lo and behold, here we are. You know, he's turned into this this incredible athlete in every sport, and, and he's going to um, play football at Vanderbilt on a scholarship next fall. So that that's been that's been pretty fun to watch. Um, his kind of rise over the past couple of years. And while you were over at CPA, I, I was over at Davidson Academy where Good Pasture were, was playing them in baseball. And uh, this is another team, Good Pasture, that is kind of like Brentwood soccer, you know, coming off a state title and then um, coming into this year, not really missing a beat. They're 13 and two. They've lost to Summit in Clarksville Academy, had kind of a couple wonky innings go against them. And uh, otherwise, they might be looking at still being undefeated at this point. But, um, anyways, really impressed with what they've got over there at Good Pasture. They've got, really a lot of their top guys back from, from last season, you know, there's Carson Rucker, um, Tennessee commitment right there in the middle of the lineup. You've got two way players all the way around. Um, Logan Harrell, he can pitch, he can hit, he can catch Jaron Elkins, uh, can play the outfield can pit, can pitch, can catch, can hit, can, um, can steal bases. Um, Connor Martin is kind of their ace and he also hits and plays the field some. Uh, Tanner Lane is a first baseman, also pitches, um, hit a home run yesterday. They've just got – I think that's really kind of the most interesting thing about their team is that they've got all these players that can do so many things. And, uh, you know, they, they've got enough depth to where they probably wouldn't have to do that. Like it's not necessarily out of necessity that all these guys are playing three or four different positions, but it's just – they're just talented and they're able to play um, all those different spots. So – Good pasture off to a good start. And then also um, was, was notified by uh, Ethan Robinson's dad that he threw a no hitter yesterday. So looked up that stat line. Sure enough, uh, walked just three batters, struck out 12 and a five, nothing win over Mount Juliet Christian. So that's another, it's kind of the theme of this uh, segment here. Another Vanderbilt commitment there and Ethan Robinson and uh, off to, off to a good start this year. Yeah. Probably just need to give Vanderbilt some credit for, uh, I know, in-state kids and especially Nashville area kids are well aware of the program. And obviously Vandy has plenty of momentum and there's a lot to like about going there, but they, uh, it seems like they do a pretty good job of, of keeping kids around. Uh, it's going to be especially important moving forward. Uh, it's, you know, with uh, Tennessee's rise over there in Knoxville, uh, you know, there's a lot to, lot to like also about what, uh, where that program's going. So uh, yeah, that's a big time performance from Robinson last night. Uh, it's been kind of a couple there have been a couple of great uh, performances so far this week. Um, kind of going down the list. Let's go to track. I mean, Mincy Stiff, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I've written about her a lot, and they've all just been about broken records. And that is because uh, after breaking her shot put re- yesterday, her shot put record with a, a 52-foot, two-and-a-half-inch throw, uh, that's now five times she's broken the, uh, the state shot put record uh, since 2021. And in 2021, that was a 37 year old record. So uh, we're obviously a bit familiar with what Mincy does, but it just never kind of ceases to amaze me how she keeps getting a little bit better every year. She's an old Miss commitment, um, won multiple Nike national championships, which is 
kind of the pinnacle it for for what she does and it's just going to be really fun to see where her career goes and um it's track's not something that a ton of people follow closely but she has a chance to really have a special career after this too so uh i thought that was i thought that was pretty interesting for for mincy i'll have to find a new angle beyond the records at some point because she's probably <laughs> likely to break another one uh, also a discus thrower so uh, yeah, I'll have to come up with I'll have to come up with another fun angle or something for for Mency because she definitely deserves the the coverage. Yeah, no pun intended. You're starting to sound like a broken record with all those with all those oh, Mency yeah. stiff updates. But, well done, well done. <laughs> yeah, congrats to her though. That's that's pretty awesome. And then on the softball front, looks like we had a a pretty a pretty uh, good battle too there down in Williamson County. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, 2-0 Nolensville win, 30 strikeouts total between Brentwood pitcher Marina Mason and uh, Nolensville pitcher Ryland Smith. Look at the strikeout number. Smith had 17, Mason had 13, and, and each of them each recorded three hits apiece on offense. Uh, kind of interesting to see where that goes. Uh, both those teams look like they're pretty good. Nolensville came close to the state tournament last year, so we'll kind of see what happens. Um, that uh, – you know, I need to get out to a softball game soon because that's there's a lot of talent out there. I know Bailey Shepard, I believe, had a big game for DCA recently too. Uh, so, and DCA, another team that figures to kind of be in the mix there uh, for the the D two single A, you know, state tournament. Um, we also had a couple good, uh, or or I should say, recent football commitments. Russell uh, FRA offensive tackle Luke, Luke Masterson committed to UNC over the weekend. Uh, it's a player that's really risen and. Um, you talk about the yardage that he helped clear last year for Ty Clark on the ground with some help from, from Joe Crocker, who's headed Louisville. Uh, and that's, it's pretty impressive how far he's come. Masterson is, is very large. Uh, he's it's six, six. You got to think at the age he's at, maybe he could get one more inch. Uh, he's six, six, two seventy five, I believe I saw his last listing. So that's a guy that's going to be able to clear some space. Um, it's hard to watch the offensive line when you're out there at a high school football game. You know, we're, we're focused on the, the plays that we'll obviously need to write about. But sometimes I like to – I mean, it's fun to watch. If you watch the right the, the correct side that these guys are on, you can tell how, how valuable they are. And that's been a great addition for Justin Geis – to get Justin Geisinger out of FRA too because obviously he has a great offensive mind and uh, also a really good uh, offensive uh, you, know, you know line knowledge there. Yeah, no, I mean, and for Ty Clark to have been running behind Joe Crocker and Luke Masterson too now, eventual ACC uh, offensive lineman. That's uh, kind of explains sort of why he had um, a great season. I know he's he's talented in his own right, picking up some offers too. But uh, that that was a really good group for for Geisinger to start with there, and um, tells us more about why FRA was able to have kind of some instant success there in that that tough division. And for sure. Uh, um, sort of stand in that division too, Tyler, another lineman, uh, defensive lineman, defense, uh, Davidson Academy's Glenn Seabrooks committed to Vanderbilt shortly after the baseball game last night. So I, he, he actually plays baseball as well. First baseman, third baseman, pitcher, another one of those utility guys. And I believe he had a, uh, single up the middle yesterday. So I saw him there and then saw the tweet later on in the night that, uh, he's going to go to Vanderbilt. And I, I know this is a guy you wrote about last year. Uh, he's the rare lineman that actually, uh, serves as the team's punter too. Yeah, that's. I mean, you you hit it on the head with his athleticism. No wonder they're interested in him at his size uh, to be that good of an athlete. 
uh, out there punting and ripping singles up the middle, you know, at the, I wouldn't be surprised if they had him at like leadoff or something. Not really, but, um, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just that kind of athlete. He's just, you know, there's just not a whole lot of guys out there like that. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, he'll be another fun one to watch and he was a great kid to talk to as well. So that's what we know. And uh, hopefully next week we'll have more updates to share, but between now and then we'll have uh, tons of stories coming, coming to mainstreetpreps.com from all across the area. So be sure to check that out. Um, Tyler, any, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, none. Let's just, uh, let's get out and enjoy the weather while we can uh, in between what I'm sure will be plenty of rain outs. Yeah. Yeah. And severe weather on the docket potentially later this week too. So everybody stay safe out there and we'll see you next time. Here on Main Street Preps this week. Oh, want to want to add to? Hold on, can't forget the ad read. Want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Um, remember the ad read this time, so that, that's big. But um, that's right. going to do us now on uh, Main Street Preps this week. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.